There have never been more options for your next vehicle, but the right choice has never been clearer. That's because Toyota has a high-performing hybrid built for your exact needs, like the stylish all-new Camry XSE Hybrid and Venza, the spacious Highlander and all-new Sienna with more cargo space, and the fuel-efficient and high-performing RAV4 Hybrid. Toyota hybrids save you time and money, filling up less often at the gas station. And of course, all with 10-year, 150,000-mile warranty on new models. Take the next step. Visit Toyota toyota.com slash hybrid or your local Toyota dealership to learn more. ¿Qué tal amigos? Mi nombre es Roman Rojas y Tremenda Vaina es el podcast donde te contamos cuatro historias que desafían la realidad. De las cuatro historias solamente una es mentira. ¿Cuál será? En el último episodio de Tremenda Vaina te contamos de un muchacho en China que vendió una parte de su cuerpo para comprarse un iPad. ¿Será verdad? ¿Será mentira? Suscríbete en iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify o tu plataforma favorita. También nos puedes seguir en Twitter, Instagram o Facebook. El mundo enfrenta una pandemia. Encuentre respuestas y acceda a información veraz y confirmada en el especial de NTN24 sobre coronavirus COVID-19. Escuche los contenidos de NTN24 en su plataforma de podcast favorita. Total Wine and More now offers curbside pickup and same-day delivery in Northern Virginia. Have great finds at great prices delivered right to your car or to your door. It's easy to discover the more ways Total Wine and More has you covered at TotalWine.com. Yo, 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 can you hear me out there in the ocean? Yo! What is this, a siren? Is that the summer siren? What the This is, in case you millennials don't know what that is, that's an old-fashioned car alarm. That acapella. That was the worst part. That was the worst part of it. Cállate, mamá huevo, con esa vaina. Apágate ahí. Apaga la mierda, coño. Yo, that shit was the worst. Yo, that gives me flashbacks because back in the day when I was in high school, I used to visit my grandmother on 174th between Audubon and Amsterdam. Oh, you didn't see that. And that was the chop block. That was where... New Jersey Drive, the, the movie's based on that, where they would steal the cars from Jersey, parking on that block. Then you would hear all the alarms. By morning, you just see all these cars on cinder blocks. Oh, yeah. And then the next, Damn. by Monday morning, the cops will come around, and then they would just take it out. But, yo. The good old yeah, but days. Now yo. We're more, yeah. But now in more gentrified neighborhoods, like, more white people, when they hear those alarms, they'll call, like, 411, 911, 311, 311. 611. Which one is it, honey? Which one, one is it? They actually want like someone to come and stop and do do something about it when everybody who's lived there forever is just like nothing. No, I'm, you gotta wait yeah. so it magically stops. I'm surprised it's not like it's 2019. There's like not an app that can like override the, it the has alarm. To be. You know what I mean? Frank, the there's gotta be some kind of fake news or I conspiracy know, right? about that. Frank, when you used to steal cars, mm -hmm. what was your secret of wait, stopping the, the car alarms? Bagel. The uh, car alarms? That's that's easy, man. Uh, well, that's another fake news we'll give you. Know, Frank used that. to like. <laughs> was the club was the club an issue for you? Was it like oh, fuck this? Right. Yeah, yeah. He Baby broke steps. that shit with his hands. Come on. <laughs> because in the commercial, every thief, car thief, once they see the club, they're like, "Let's go to the next car." <laughs> <laughs> Did you used to do that? 
Remember the fucking the club yeah. to the floor? The oh shit that had God. the extension oh, to the Yo, break? My, my, my tia had like a broken one and she didn't even have a key, but she's like, no, 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 because when they see it, uh, they won't get in the car. Trust me. No one's going to try. It's the ghetto one. It's, it's gloop. a deterrent. It's the gloop. Oh, it's like it's two a, O's. It's a country gloop. <laughs> Same color, though. Same it's color. red. Same yeah, color. it was a country club. And the Who yellow one was that? the footbreak one. You get that shit at the bodega for nineteen ninety nine. Did women, women you know? used to ice those out? Like put like rhinestones on them like and shit. Big oh yeah, big dazzle. I can see that. It's like, no, this is my look at my pink club. All right, guys, listen. You could tell with the lack of structure that we have. This is a special <laughs> episode. This is the first summer edition of 2019 Woo! of the Latinos Out Loud podcast. Oh, good is that why we don't have air conditioner in here? Yeah, summer edition. Are you calling summer CJ already? Come on, man. This is going to be a quick episode, right? Because I don't want to be in here with no air and boggles oh pits. Yo. No, I'm, I'm, no, I'm sweating in here. Like, I'm, I'm nervous. Sure. No, actually, nervous. Mike, you're ready for summer because yeah. if you can't see this at home. Right. But or we wherever do- you are. Cause <laughs> Unless you're spying on us in the peephole through oh, the door. Man. But um, Mike right now is he has sunglasses, uh-huh. which I thought we only did that for one episode this year. I thought bring I didn't know that back. was gonna be a, bringing it back. It's summer edition, guys. He also has a towel, a beach towel yeah. draped over him. Wrapped it's summer edition. Shoulders. I'm in the mood. What do you want? And he's wearing these dorky shorts that Isn't also that look shorts? like. Oh, I didn't mean to say dorky. He's oh. wearing those shorts, <laughs> khaki nice. shorts. Uh, that khaki. also look kind Are you of colorblind, bro. These are not. Khaki. Is he wearing flip flops too? No, I'm not. I'm wearing my <laughs> no, his Vans. new Vans. My new Mike Vans. is very free with his flip flops, though. <laughs> <laughs> How you figure? You because you know you wear a lot. You wear. You're not Everywhere. afraid. You're not afraid to wear. Flip-flops. I used to wear flip flops a lot, right? But then I used to pull my toe uh, my toe muscles oh, a lot, shit. so oh. I stopped. Everybody so. here just went like. <laughs> I know. Everybody just gave like, like the disgusted look. <laughs> like oh. Anyways, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is <laughs> episode one twelve, summer edition. I asked Tibby if he got some uh, beach wave uh, sound effects. Do you have that? There we go. So we are chilling right now. We're Ooh, that sounds we are like, like Long Beach. Relaxing wow. right here. This, sounds like- <laughs> this episode comes out August 8th, which is pretty much a few days before the Latino Film Festival, which Ooh. we will be opening up during the Futuro panel. Yes, in your birthday. In my wow. birthday. And your birthday. Um, so long weekend. We have a long history with the Latino Film Festival. We do. Uh, my fir- we should go around and say your first Latino Film Festival memory. Um, Jamie, how about you? When was your first mm. Latino Film Festival memory? No pressure. The f- the the first Latino Festival I did was interesting because there was a lot of you got to meet a lot of people, so meaning girls. So there was a lot of like, oh. yo, this person's gonna be there doing the screening at the six o'clock. Let me say what's up. Oh. Then let me go to the, but let me leave like thirty minutes in so I could see the girl. Helping out for the 745 screening. Wow. I was doing a lot of that action. You interned. You were, you. I was the intern. Yeah, no, the interns yeah. was like, everybody was kind of just like, they were helping. I'm using quotations with my fingers. <laughs> but they were also like mingling. Yeah. After parties. I did a whole, I had one of my dance circles in one of the after parties. What? You did a dance circle? It, I was in a dance circle, and it was that in that party, and it was a Latino film oh. party. Sam Rockwell was there. Oh. Wow. Nice, and he saw you dancing in the dance. And he battled circle? you. I think he the left. Dancing? I think he left by that point. Oh, oh. shit! <laughs> he saw the, he Damn. saw you dancing. And you could have been left. discovered. I could have been discovered, but he was dancing, and that was the first time I was like, "Yo, this dude got moves." And then since then, he's been in a lot of movies where he has ends up dancing. Wow. 
Um, but so yeah, after parties and just hanging out and interns, you know, Word. young young you know young people stuff. I like that. Oh, and the movies were great too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I like Jamie didn't attend the New York Latino Hookup Festival because oh. um, that's what it sounds like you went to, and that's that's fine. Congrats. Good old days. I gotta say, my most vivid memories of the New York Latino Film Festival were interviewing all the celebrities that I got to interview on that red carpet, baby. Yeah, wow. Yo, I have to say, alongside Bago, him and I, we fucking annihilated that red carpet. Woo! What years was that? Oh, fuck. What I don't years? know. What years 08? 08, 09, 09. 10. For three years, we had it on lock. Yo, that shit, I mean, I interviewed Vin Diesel. These are exclusives because we were reporters on behalf of the New York Latino Film Festival. Mm -hmm. Michelle Rodriguez. Michelle Rodriguez, both dudes from Calle 13. Whoopi Goldberg, Calle 13, um, Armand Armand Asante, 50 Cent. Yeah. Damn, um, this is like a very eclectic group oh, of and celebrities. A, and, a very, and a very famous Luis Guzman one where, yep. you know, Don't there's a little controversy. Don't there, even. That well, was we a still want him show. on the show. So. What was your favorite or or most memorable one of those? Uh, anything jump out? I Rachel, do you remember interviewing me? Because I was a part of a film and you had to interview me oh. on the red carpet. You don't no, remember that? I don't remember. Come on. Oh, no, I think Jacinia Vice ended up interviewing me. That's right. No, I definitely interviewed you at some point. Uh, uh, Danny Hastings. uh, Oh, yeah. That was 2011, I think. I remember bugging out with you because it felt weird. And I think we were joking off of that. Yeah. Because we had already had our Bochiche Bueno show, no? Yes, we So did. it was weird that I wasn't... That was fun. And Jesenia Vice, shout out to her. We, I mean, we've made a lot of friends at this festival, too. And it wasn't only about, like, the star power. Number one, that's really cool to see as a consumer and someone working there. But, like... The friendships that have been fostered since that first festival, I'm so thankful for them. Mm. We're still working with these people. Yeah. Wow. We're, we're texting each other. We're seeing each other. We're inviting each other to events. And shout out to this festival for really bridging us together. It was that forum that, you know, didn't nobody really cared about, like, you know, your, your fucking resume. It was just like, word, what do you do? Come on, let's go dance. Yep. Go to the after party? Yeah, let's go shoot the shit. Yep. All right, let's go. Yep. You know, it was just awesome. What year did they start, Mike? 99 they started 99 Frank what about you What was your wow. first memory Shit, Of the that's, festival that's, that's who I was born I always say You were born oh. Yeah I mean You know The Mike Frank Duke. names we know today uh, was I mean, he was I mean look, Thanks I'm, for the clarification I'm gonna give you guys A little quick rundown Like okay. Mike and I met What 2004 2005 No we met in 2002 2002 As soon as I met Mike we're Off by two years Like yeah. the same day I met Mike <laughs> The same day I met Mike, Mike talked to me about his movie, Juan Bago. Mm. And about maybe a week, like a month or two months later, we started shooting it. Yeah. Right at the, at the cafe. But I, you, funny enough, Frank worked on an HBO project and I was like hyped on it. And I was like, yo, Frank, you want to direct Juan Bago? He's like, yo, no doubt. And then he didn't. Right. Oh. But from there, we continued uh. to work together. But right. I was, like, the first time I offered you to direct the film. Right. But as you can remember, I told you, yo, I can't do that. But the interesting thing about this motherfucker... Okay, okay. This oh, mo- he used yo, the MF word on me. Yeah, this, Get ready, this, ladies and gentlemen. Right. There are just layers to this Mike, conversation. Mike, I am Mike came to me, and Mike came to me with half a script, and he goes, yo, there's the movie, Juan Bago. And <gasps> I said, wow. I said, I said, wow, it's pretty good. I said, but you want to do a feature? He's like, yeah, but I'm going to shoot it next week. I said, you're going to write the rest of it in less than a week? And he was like, yes. I said, yo, dude, you crazy. 
He came, you came back the next day. <laughs> and you wrote it out. You wrote it out. You wrote it out. You don't remember with your boy. I forgot your boy. Uh, Car- Crystal uh, Gatto. Shout Crystal out to Gatto. him. Exactly. Del Coquito. And I was like, this, I... I said, this dude is crazy. And the following Saturday, you asked me to shoot at the cafe yeah. that I was working at. Yeah. And you shot it. And I was like, this dude's nuts. And he shot the movie. Yeah. And from there, the movie premiered at the Latino Film Festival. Sold out in two weeks. Yeah. And that, wow. that the day, thing about that it day, was that the, when that I... That day was crazy. That when day I was introdu- crazy. When I introduced you, the half of it is because I already had plans. But the thing was, originally, I wanted to do a short film. Right. And then as time went on and it got involved, I was like, yo, we can do this as a feature. Mm. Um, but yeah, that that... That in Washington Heights, we shot it all in Washington Heights, and Frank luckily allowed me to shot uh, where Jerry was two characters. We shot that uh, for three scenes. Yeah, man, and then after that, man, the festival. I mean, Calixto has been like a like a big brother to me and yeah. Mike. Like, I mean, when Mike and I did productions, he always like yeah, and he's gotten bigger throughout the years, like physically, muscular, physically, yeah. and uh, yeah, he looks great. So, yeah. so my memory, um, it's tight. It's tight. Yeah, my memory, uh, when I first moved into uh, New York, Washington Heights, one of my first best friends, his name is Edwin Cruz. Little did I know that his sister is Angie Cruz, the one that wrote Soledad, It's Raining Coffee, and now she has a new book that's coming out this year. She invited me to go to the Latino Film Festival, which is where I met Manny Perez, and when, where is where I got introduced to short films. Because I was from prior to that, I was just like, oh, feature films, whatever. But that's what inspired me to be like, you know what? If you could do a short film for 5, 10, 15 minutes, it's, you're, you're capable of doing it. So that was my first memory was Angie Cruz inviting me to go to the HBO Latino Film Festival. And I met Calixto at the time was probably like 110 pounds. Now he's 220. <laughs> Each thigh is 110, but, you know, of muscle. Um, but, yeah, we've had such great memories, and it's going to be so dope that next week we're going to be able to do a live podcast. So, you know, we've gone full circle. That's a great way to put it because... This has been an, an, an something so near and dear to our hearts. Mm. And we get to basically kick off this whole thing wow. in New York City. Amazing. We, mm. little old Latinos Out Loud, is doing a live podcast at the Google Espacio, Google Space, on August 12th. I got to Google the directions to the Google Space. <laughs> I'm sure there's an app for that okay. that'll help you get there. Yeah. You know? It's a beautiful space. I don't know if you've ever been there. Oh, we've been there. Okay. I've dreamt of this space. I've searched, I've searched for it for a while, but I have never found it. You never Googled it? <laughs> I literally searched for the Google space when I'm in that neighborhood, but I can't, I can't find it. That's weird. Well, that's interesting you say that. Because the way to reserve a space for this thing is by going to NewYorkLatinoFilm.com. Mm. And just be warned, people, if you don't got ID, Word. don't even bother. Yeah. Ooh, because Google, getting yeah. into this space no is joke. Fort Knox. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Area 51. Yep. Yeah. yeah. If you don't, bring your passport. Oh, right? yeah. just, Great idea. Just don't risk it. It's a free event and it's probably going to be sold out. Well, it will be sold out. The decor is incredible. And I believe right now it's August 8th, so right now when you hear it, you probably have one more day. If you haven't gotten RSVP, get it, it, because it's going to be a hot ticket. And we'll announce who the uh, the guest will be for the... For the episode, well, and Frank, can't... are you amped? Because you're gonna have your own fake news. I know yeah, how you I go. Got... You oh, are hyper drive for these live. Oh, I got some fake news. I got, I got something for you guys. Are there gonna be props, Frank? Um, are they? Maybe. I hope so. Is okay, it, okay. Is it film festival related? Um, it's Ooh, it's film? you know it's. It's entertainment related. Yeah, I'm mixing it in. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah, definitely. I don't want to give it away. Yeah, no, don't give it away. Yeah. 
So the New York Latino Film Festival is happening August 12th through the 18th. And aside from these marvelous kickoff events, there are going to be some pretty amazing flicks being shown. So get some tickets, support the cause, Latinos in film, the after parties be popping. No doubt. So get ready and go to NewYorkLatinoFilm.com. Am I going to see you guys there? Hell yeah. Well, yeah, we have to be there for the show, Other than the show. Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I think I'm too old to go to the after parties now. (laughs) This isn't first year Latino Film Festival, Jamie. (laughs) It's okay. The after parties are usually like dim and like kind of dark. So you can get away with mad shit. (laughs) Okay, go, go. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) You can get away with mad makeup. It's fine. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) All right, so we'll see you at the film festival. Is it time to put the heat back into your relationship with breakfast, but a hot breakfast just sounds like too much work? Well... It's time to head over to the egg aisle and pick up Just Crack an Egg. It's a hot, fluffy breakfast scramble that'll have you back in hot breakfast love in less than two minutes. All you've got to do is add a fresh egg over their hearty breakfast fixings, then stir, microwave, and reignite your love of breakfast. And something else you'll love about Just Crack an Egg is that it has no artificial flavors, dyes, or preservatives. But even better is how fluffy and cheesy and delicious it is. It comes in seven different varieties, including three brand new kinds, veggie, Southwest style, and protein-packed scrambles. Or just try one of the classics like Denver or All. American. So don't wait for the weekend to get a little hot, hearty breakfast love into your AM. It's time to run with your arms wide open to the egg aisle and take breakfast back with just crack an egg. Since it's the summer edition, uh-huh. I know Rachel's done 108 intros, unless she's not. Who's counting? <laughs> but I'm going to be able to introduce the guest. This is an amazing, talented actor, rapper, producer, writer. Put your hands together. To Feeling my line. Yes. Victor Almansar. Hey. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's ooh, so ooh, fitting ooh. that we're in this like intimate space here for the summer edition. Cause yeah. it's like so it's even more of like a talk back and you know, intimate conversation. It's intimate. I feel like here. I'm inside of a mailbox with you motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> So welcome, Victor. Mailbox, yeah. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I, we've been trying to have you on for a minute. Um, and you are just doing your thing. Let our audience know who you are, what you do, and um, what your career is all about. Uh, well, my name is Victor Almasar. Uh, like you said, I'm an actor. I'm a rapper. I'm a, I'm a writer. I'm a producer. I was born in the Dominican Republic. Whoop, whoop. Sorry. Sorry. And uh, I landed in Queens, New York when I was 13 years old. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm an artist. I love to write. I love to improv. I love to, you know, to to build in community. And uh yeah, I'm an some kind of a, I'm trying to find myself as as an activist. Like, what I, what is my voice? What are the things that I'm trying to say? What's you know how I'm gonna use my platform whenever I build a strong platform? To, you know, to make a positive change in the world. So yeah, 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 yeah. That's who I am. Your journey is remarkable. Thank you. Uh, so we have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the Marines. All right. What year did you enlist in the Marines? I joined the Marines uh, in 2000, I believe, because uh, I was in from 2000 to 2004, right before 911 happened. Oof. You know, and I joined the Marines to get out of New York because I got into deep 
trouble in New York City and I needed mm-hmm. to leave. Yeah. I met my, my recruiter on a Friday. By next Friday, I was gone. No. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were like, yo, when can I go out there right now? Because, um, <laughs> you know, I, and I'll go tomorrow. He's like, yeah. we have to fill out some paperwork first. <laughs> you know, it's funny because my recruiter himself, like, I used to smoke so much weed, man. And my recruiter himself, he helped me pass the test. He gave me this drink. I'm sorry, but I'm putting you on blast, Yo, man. but he was looking out. <laughs> wow. He was looking out, man. He gave me this drink, and I drank it, then filled, filled it up with water, drank it again. And, uh, and I passed the test, the physical test. You know, he told me what to say, and uh, within a week, I was in boot camp. I got there a week late, so I missed orientation and everything. So when they told me to push, I thought they they wanted me to push somebody because they wanted to see how tough I was, and I pushed. Oh, my God. My God. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But but hold on, but wait, let's bring it back one second. (laughs) Uh Were you into arts before you got in trouble, Mm -hmm. or did you get in trouble, then go to the Marines, and then discover arts? Like, what was the order... Well, arts. Uh, I got to Queens, New York when I was 13. And I was a straight A student, a few B's, but I was a very good student. And uh, I remember as soon as I got here, you know, Queens, New York, especially Corona Queens, was very infested with gangs. You know, it was in the 90s. And, uh, you know, it was a new culture for me. And, uh, you know, I got involved in it. You know, you were either in a gang around that time or you were getting run over. And, uh, you know, a bunch of us Dominicans from the island, we got together. There was DP, there was DDP, there was DDS. You know, I'm, uh, some of the founders of DP became DDS. And uh, What does DDS stand for? It, it feels like a Batman name, but it's like Dominican Dark Side. Uh, okay. <laughs> and the other one, DP, I know, DP, Dominican Power. Dominican Power. And what was the third one? DDP, Dominican Don't Play. Oh, you know? shit. So I have family in different Dominican uh Gangs and stuff uh, still now to this day. But uh, around that time, my brother was one of the founders of DDS. And, you know, I got involved in it. And uh, I got into a lot of trouble. I was in Newton High School. And uh, my father transferred me from that school to a different school, which was the International High School in Long Island City, the first international high school in the United States uh, at the time. And I had a, a drama program, and I needed to join it. And I thought it was a drama to deal with my everyday drama. Oh, I didn't know what oh drama my- was. <laughs> I was gonna say, did you push someone to it? It was like, yo, that's the lead yo. actor. Why you pushing him? This is the drama yeah, class, right? I'm here to fuck shit up. Wait, you want me to bring drama? I got you. Here we go. Primo, we got God. We're gonna bring some drama. Yo. I'm gonna get an A. I'm gonna get an A in this class. <laughs> but I thought that's what it was to deal with my everyday drama. And I uh, come to find out it was a lot of improv. And to me, that was fake because gangs, you know, you had to be real. And my, yeah, my teacher had me do this improv, and I was the father waiting for my son. And I didn't want him to call me again so I was like okay I'm nervous I'm gonna act like I, my stomach hurts so I'm taking it I could curse here or say of it worse course. so I'm gonna act like I'm taking the shit so that's what I did I put down <laughs> my pants and everything and I thought he was gonna stop me but everybody was laughing and the teacher was like yo that was great great improv <laughs> So, yeah, You'd man. You'd have to clean it up. But, um, <laughs> other than that, it was great. So, yeah. So, he signed me up for this uh, uh, junior uh, youth, for the youth theater at that time, part of NYU for, you know, it was after school type of thing. And uh, it was part of NYU. And I was, I knew what NYU was. And uh, so, that kept me out of trouble a lot of times. So, I did, you know, plays with them. We performed for the United Nations. We performed for universities in Chicago. They flew us to, uh, to London. And uh, when I came came back, you know, I was still back and forth in the street and doing the, the youth theater group. And then I got into, you know, big problems when I came back from, from London and uh, I joined the Marines. Okay. Yeah. Wait, wait, 
I'm just curious, like, where when she started getting into acting, were you... Was it something that you kind of hid from, like, like your, your fellow gang members? Was it like, I don't want to talk about Shakespeare yeah. in front of them? Yeah, and I don't want to... Like, who you shaking? Yo, who's shaking you down? And I don't want to say that you I was like... You need a spear? I got like 10 of them. <laughs> and look, this is the thing. Like, I don't want to say, like, I was like, like this crazy gang member, you know. It was mostly for us to stay together and protect each other, to hang out as a group in a community in a way. And it wasn't like nothing like crazy, crazy. We did get into a lot of trouble. We did get into a lot of fights. And I didn't need to bring that up to them. It was just something for me out of that world. Yeah. And it was fun for me. And I didn't tell them about it. And I didn't tell my people in the acting world about it. It was like a double life in a way. Damn. So you never told any of the, like, the other gang members, like, yo, let's do a yes and, yo. So we can get along better. <laughs> let's do some improv stuff. You know, but it was crazy because they, they said, yo, let's break, it, break into this place. Okay, let's do it because I was into improv now. So, okay, yes, and. Yes, and. I'll break in. Yeah, I'll break in and I'll take the cans. And I'll take. Look, espérate, venga acá. You're too positive. Yo, it's my improv class. All right, so let, let's get back Hurry to Hurry up, let's this. get the VCR. I have an audition in 10 minutes. <laughs> You know, this is like sort of oh, like man. Barry, like the show Barry, where yeah, yeah. he's a hitman and he's taking acting yeah. and he's yeah. having like a double life. Yeah, yeah. So let's continue. So you uh -huh. go, come back for the. Uh, Wait, did you get deployed? This is the thing. I got to, into the Marines to stay out of trouble, right? To get away from, you know, I got into a real deep situation. If you watch my movie, 1155, it gives you a hint of the stuff that I was involved in. Ooh. So in 1155, it's semi based in my life, you know? Okay. And uh, so I joined the Marines to stay out of trouble so then I get to the Marines and a year later 911 happens so then I get it deployed and I did NATO missions in Kosovo Macedonia uh, Saudi Arabia Africa you know there was a lot of stuff happening in the world you know and then I uh, and then Saddam, uh, Bush gave Saddam Hussein the 10 days to leave the country and he wouldn't leave and our unit had broken a bunch of records you know I was in the 20 uh 24th mu uh in uh, deployed in the USS NASA at the time, and we was already around the area. So our MU commander volunteered us to go. So as soon as they gave him the 10 days, they did the countdown, and we went. We hit uh, Kuwait, and we waited for the countdown, and we were the very first wave that went into Iraq for Operation Iraqi Freedom, and then Operation... We was there, Operation Iraqi Freedom, and then Operation Enduring Freedom, you know? Wow. So, yeah, so I got involved. I was involved in everything, first NATO missions and then Operation Iraqi Freedom and Enduring Freedom. And I was part of a, of a secret, uh, basically, group. It was called TRAP, Tactical Recovery of Airplane and Personnel. Something fell, falls, like a helicopter falls behind enemy lines, and they'll call the TRAP team. Wow. Is there an acronym for that? Because that seems like a lot to say. All those trap. Oh, trap. trap. Oh, trap. Tactical recovery of airplane. So you went from like uh, DDS to <laughs> trap. To trap. To trap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I was heavier. My main job was heavy artillery slash infantry, basically. Oh, wow. So you were on the front lines. I was. Carrying massive weapons. Yes. Shit. You know, my, my weapon was uh, the one that Tony Montana has in the movie. Say hello to my little yeah. friend. I bet you you were like, he did it wrong. <laughs> he did it completely wrong. You don't Did do it like that. Did you ever have to fire your weapon? I'm yeah, sure. yeah, I fire my weapon. Did you ever say, say hello to my little friend? Keep it real. Nah. Keep it real. I did 100% real. I wasn't thinking about that. Imagine. Come on, Rachel. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought that was a valid question. Yeah. And just, just a side note, man, I'm going to keep it 100% real. There was no weapons of mass destruction. There was no nothing out there. You Ooh, know what I'm saying? It was, you know, it was BS, everything. You know what I'm saying? We over there attacking people that look like us, people of color. Mm. And most of the people I met were very, 
very humble, naive people that would build houses out of cow dung and stuff like that. I didn't meet. I, there was no threat. Man, the kids, I was, I became so cool with the kids uh, over there that they'll see me and they'll come running. Hey, hey, mister. Hey, hey. Beautiful kids, man. So, you know, I feel bad with what happened in Iraq, man. So you come back. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us then that, that part of the journey. So, so you come back. So there. I come back from Iraq and everything and I didn't want to do nothing. I didn't want to work. I didn't want to do nothing. I wanted to take a rest because heavy artillery is the hardest job in the Marines not in the Army the uh, the Air Force in the Marines itself is the hardest job plus everything that I was attached to so I didn't want to do nothing for a while but then the youth theater group calls me up I, we heard you was back I'm uh why don't you become an actor teacher with us it's like yo I was at war I'm not an actor and they were like yeah uh, it's like riding a bike you never forget so I went and auditioned. They gave me the job. Awesome. But then I'm la- I landed back in the same hood that I was Damn. before. And you know, and the tr- transitioning program from the military sucks, man. They, they don't they don't get you ready, man. So I was kind of you know in my own head for a while. Like I was I was there was a lot of stuff going on with me. Yeah. So I was back into that double life. I was an actor teacher. For several hours oh as a part-time God. job. And then I'm back in my neighborhood watching what everybody else is doing. I was like, I could do that. And I could do that better than them. And I was observing everything. And I went back into that same old routine. Wow. You know, so, I'm in, so, yeah, so yo lo estoy enseñando. I'm teaching kids how to be like, uh, yo, don't fight. No bullying. No drugs and everything. But I'm back in my hood like buggy now. I'm fighting almost every day. I'm doing, you know, I'm yeah. selling stuff. And, uh... You know, yeah, I was involved with everything, man, when I came back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Victor, I mean, you're you're sharing so much with us, but it's also inspiring. Thank you. So then, I mean, tell us what happens in the next chapter. So then this is what happens. So I get into a lot of trouble again. You know, it's it, it kind of history repeating itself. So uh, something happened, like somebody gets arrested and like, you know, they put the, the fats on me and stuff like that. And then I'm like, wait, 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 what's going on with me? I was one of the few kids from my high school that got to graduate. I was one of the first few kids from the from the the unit that I was in that became a sergeant on the four years, which is unheard of. Because I'm also smart. Like, I was reading the equal opportunity rights. And when somebody wanted to write me up, I wouldn't let it happen. I would request mass and I would fight it. Mm. So I was one of the few that became a sergeant on the four years. I came back and everything. And then I was, you know, like hurting myself. And I was like, is this going to be the end of my chapter? I looked at myself in the mirror and I was in pain. And I didn't understand where this pain was coming from. And, I, you know, I put like a, this big, um, this big buzzai, 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 yeah. Buzzai on me. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> you did it Dominican, buzzai. You know, buzzai, tu sabes. En el pecho. So, and I was like, you know what? This can't be the end of my chapter. So I was like, uh, it was just like writing, rewriting my own story. And I was like, what did I used to love to do? And I was like, you know what? I used to love rapping. I used to love uh, uh, acting at the same time, which is another thing. I've always been rapping and writing my music around the same time I started acting. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back to school for theater and speech. And I went to City College. All you know, right. CUNY. Yeah, yeah CUNY. Yeah. Brooklyn College, yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rich, I'm loving this dynamic right here. You're amping him up naturally. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Yes. That's the thing about yeah. cutie. Yeah. There's respect yeah. there. We hold it down, you know? You know? Yeah. <laughs> but when you're so, going back to you're going to school, you already been teaching acting, so you're like on another level right now. In a way, like yeah, yeah. But like, 
It was funny because to me, like, I took stuff for granted because, yeah, I was doing it. But since it was in a way, like, people are, like, offering me these jobs. And, yeah, I was good at it. But, you know, when things come to you, you take it for granted and you don't realize, you know, the, the, the gift that you have. You know what I'm saying? So I was recording my album. I was finishing recording my album around the same time that I went back into, into school. So I went back to school and I... And I got my my bachelor's for from theaters and speech, and around the same time, uh, one of the people that I was an actor teacher with, he hit me up that he was creating a pilot, and uh, I told him, "Look, I'm not the same guy you met before. I've been through some some rough patches." And uh, we met up and we talked. His name is Ben Snyder, and uh, he works uh, with uh, Ari Isler, and uh, they were developing this uh, this TV pilot. And uh, I was like, uh, I'm not the same guy, but they auditioned me. They wrote a part for me anyways. And uh, and they gave my name to Stephen Ali Gerges and, uh, and the Labyrinth Theater Company that they needed people, you know, I guess that come from the same background I came. And uh, as I was uh, getting ready to go into my master's program, I did the Labyrinth Theater Intensive with them. And uh, it changed my life again. Like, it opened me up again to people. Like, and, and, like, I was very guarded around that time. I didn't trust anybody, especially in my neighborhood. So I didn't trust anybody in this world neither. So it opened me up again to people. And uh, within two years into my master's program, um, I did a reading of uh, Between Riverside and Crazy with uh, at the Atlantic Theater. And uh, it, was, it served as my audition for it. And uh, soon after, Stephen Ali Gerges uh, and the Atlantic Theater Company, they offered me the role of uh, Aswado in Between Riverside and Crazy. And that was my professional debut as an actor in New York City. And that's award-winning. Pulitzer Prize. Award-winning. Yes. Not just, (laughs) you know, the Bay News mentioned it in the Sunday (laughs) paper. Local Brooklyn paper. You're right, yeah. No, no, this is the Pulitzer. Yeah, he won the Pulitzer Prize for drama. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I was blessed to be part of him, man. Uh, And I I, I used to read Stevens' plays when I was in City College, and I was like, wow, this this guy, why he writes, speaks to my soul, speaks to me. And, uh, you know, and to, for me to be working with him within within several years of me going back to school, that, to me, it was a dream, you know? Wow. So, so, did, so did that moment signify, like, uh, you know, a change in you where you were like, this is this is the moment that that you knew that this was going to probably be your, you know, your career going forward? Or did, were there still... Did you even still have like you know torn between two you know different worlds? This is the like thing. It, it was hard for me to get away because I, I you know it was the neighborhood I grew up right. So I would come back and I would see certain people. But I, I I'm telling you, I went through such a hard time and I and I, I I had a lot of pain inside of me. I did like a lot of sabotage, self sabotage, and I, there was a lot of bad relationships that I got involved in. So you know, from time to time, I would see those people, and uh, but from doing Between Riverside and Crazy and seeing that light coming back to me, I was very scared to go back into that world again. To me, it felt like the third time it saved my life. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go 100% in, and I really dedicated to it. And things started happening after that. Like, my movie got picked up. Um, uh, we raised the money that we needed to shoot it. And then within, uh, as soon as we finished Between Riverside and Crazy, we was in Newburgh, New York, shooting my movie. 11.55. 70, 11.55, yes. Yeah, please t- talk about, about that film. Well, se- uh, it's semi-based in my life, but it's fiction. You know what I'm saying? Semi-based in my life. Uh-huh. Yeah. Juicy. <laughs> Juicy. We won't t- tell the audience your facial expression. Pay attention. <laughs> when you got me on camera. Yeah. 
So yeah, so it's about this guy that gets in a lot of trouble for um um, um uh, he shoots someone. And uh, he joins the Marine, and four years later, he comes back to his town to start a family and uh, to come to find out that the brother of the guy that he, sh- he shot is, uh, is vowing, vowing revenge, and he's coming to take his life. So most of the movie takes place in one day uh, with the character Nelson Sanchez trying to figure out what is he going to do. Um, uh, on this day, is he gonna fight back? Is he gonna run? Is he gonna go back and fall into his old ways? Is he gonna try to find a different solution? So most of the movie takes, uh, you know, it's about that that day, what happens. But you're yeah. not just only the actor. What, what other responsibilities do you have in that? Well, film? I co-wrote the film uh, along with uh, Ben Snyder and Ari Isla. Um, uh, I had a lot to do with, uh, you know, with the casting, like, you mm-hmm. know, um, uh, Ben Snyder was the main casting director, but, uh, I, we will also speak about the people that we were casting. Uh, yeah. the first person that, that we attached to the film, I believe was Dave, David, uh, Zayas. Yeah. And, uh, after David Zayas, Elizabeth Rodriguez got attached into the film. And then, uh, John Leguizamo got attached right after that. And then with the people that we attached into the film, it was easier for us to get the funding and, uh, and the, and the backing for it. Wow. And Boggle tried out for the movie, right? Or is, what, you didn't want that to be on <laughs> what the show? What he auditioned <laughs> for? No, I did. No, I auditioned for the role that Johnny Rivera ended up having. Mm-hmm. But me, um, like, seeing the film and, like, reading the parts of it, it was, like, very impressive that, I mean, like, again, your journey, but it's, like, for you to be able to be involved and do a feature film like that, that's, yeah. that shows a lot of drive there because a lot of people will be in the industry and they don't have that opportunity. But for you to do that, that's, that's, that's freaking amazing, man. Thank so, you. Thank you. Appreciate it. And that it. cast was amazing, too. Yeah, man. Are you, so you go through that experience with 1155, which you can right now, you can download, you can watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, what's, what's next? Do you want to do another feature? Like, you've done I the do. theater. Yeah, you've yeah, done, yeah. You're on television. Can you yeah. explain what you want to do? Like, are, do you want to get back into in film, another film? Yeah, I do. I do. And, I, and uh, I'm being, I've been developing myself more and more as a writer. I've been taking classes. I've been like... Uh, uh, picking uh, Ben Snyder's uh, brain about how to develop the structure of writing. I have the dialogue, I have the scenes, I have uh, the improv behind it, but I, I wanted to learn the structure of developing like a, a film, you know, a feature film or a short film or a TV pilot. So I've been learning a lot from it, So and I've been writing my own little short films and, and TV pilots. Right now, the first pilot that I ever auditioned for with Ben Snyder, um, uh, it got picked up by WB. Right. Nice. Awesome. So yeah. So yeah. And I wrote, uh, well, co-wrote two of the episodes, which I'm gonna be starting those two episodes nice. as well. Congrats, yeah. yo. Thank you. Thank you. Damn, and awesome. uh, but now WB is trying to partner up with another big entity to see, you know, to give it more of a push. So we waiting to see what it is. We already had the green light from WB, but now we are waiting to see who we partner up with. This is meant to be because you have three actors in this room. Yes. So I think we could probably be in both of the episodes that you wrote. Let's do we'll it. We'll talk offline. <laughs> yeah. um, do you have any? Uh, do you have any advice that you take with you during auditions Good that question. help you? I like that helped me. Um, that help this is the kinda... thing. Like you, you see, guys, see uh, like the ones that I got right. But you go into so many auditions yeah. and you barely get anything. You know, you guys as actors, you guys know. I'm a. Uh, but uh, the ones that I've gotten, like, it's funny, like, I've been very relaxed in the room and like, and so not that I don't care about the roles, but like, I let myself, you know, like. 
feel like, you know what? If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. If I don't get it, I don't get it. But then I go and that kind of re- relieves the stress. Um, what I do before auditions, me, myself, like you you guys know this. Like I, I, I read the script so many times and then I read it at nighttime before I go to sleep. And it's funny because I wake up so many times during the night and I and I go through my lines. When I can't go to sleep, I do and I fall asleep again. Sleep acting. That's good. I memorize lines throughout the night. I swear to God. Like I like I read it before I go to sleep a few times and like I try to get like the just of it and I kind of like okay I think I got it a little bit and as I wake up during the night as I'm going to sleep again I try to fall asleep I go through my lines I go through my lines and I fall asleep again and then in the morning I grab my script and I read it again and before I know it I'm very solid on it and what I do you know I place the people I replace people with people in my life and like and I make sure I see them when I'm in the audition Wow. Yeah. Yo, yeah, yeah, good yeah. advice, bro. Yeah, okay. thank you. So, Fantastic. Thank you. This interview is almost being wrapped up here, but... Do we uh, have to? We have? Oh, I, I need to talk about my music. music. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm on yeah. the same page. Let our audience know about your music and what you have planning coming Damn, out. Damn, there's so much, all the stuff that oh, no, you need to back. talk about. All plus, right. plus, what we could do is when we're in those two episodes in your show, we can have a podcast on, on set. set. Perfect. And we can just continue that In going. the trailer. Let's yes. do it. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I love talking to you guys, man, in the the Energy is dope, man. Yeah. And there's so much more to talk oh, no, about, absolutely. Man. I yeah. mean, this is the summer edition, so, you know, asterisk, you come back in the fall. But Sounds let us good. talk about the music. <laughs> so, yeah, my music, uh, when I rap, I go by the name of Kazike. Kazike, if you guys don't know, for those that don't know, Kazike is a chief, a chief the of Taino a tribe. Chief. Taino, my, my youngest son is called Taino, by the way. That's the name of my youngest nice. son, yeah. So, so, yeah, Kazike, I name myself Kazike because I really believe in my heart that, you know, like, I am a descendant of, uh, of, of those chiefs of those princes and uh, and princes and uh, and kings and queens of the islands and I believe that I'm here for a higher purpose so I'm a chief I'm here I went through the experiences that I went through in order to lead my people into 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 a better place in a way so when I rap I go by the name of Cacique I talk about a lot of social issues but I also talk about a lot of fun stuff my next uh, single that I'm gonna drop most of my music talks about social uh, social issues but I also have a lot of fun tracks the one that I'm releasing on August 2nd is called Twist on Your Hips and it's a summer joint that's why I decided to drop this one first mm-hmm. so you know to let people know you know it's a fun vibe and areito and areito in Cacique means a party you know Yeah. so you know in, Ch- in Taino means a party so so it's a fun time the summer and then uh, and then right after that I'm gonna I'm drop in the fall a, a track name uh, called Let My People Go which has to do with DACA, what's happening with uh, with the immigration stuff, you know, and I talk about, about you know, the prison system and uh, immigration on that one, and, and it's a dope, strong track. All right, my last question to our audience. Give us some inspiration. Like, let us let people know out there there are striving actors, um, some advice from your experience and what you've gone through. Um, one, don't stop. Don't stop because there's going to be days where you're going to be like, yo, I'm a, do I really got it? But you know you got it inside of you. There's a light inside of you. And uh, use your struggles as, as uh, fuel to push forward. Create, create, create. Uh, nobody, There's only one you. There's uh, a lot of experiences that nobody knows. There's only one heart that nobody knows inside of you. So tell your experience, your point of view. Don't let nobody else tell your, your experiences. Um, uh, so create, stay in community. 
talk to the people around you, create with the people around you, which you guys do uh, beautifully. Um, Thank you. Yeah, and continue to build and like going to those auditions and like don't be afraid to speak your truth in, in, in rooms, man. And uh, and be respectful, man. Be professional when you go into these rooms, man. Be professional. Be respectful. Talk to people like how you want people to talk to you, and like you know, lead by example. You know, people are watching you. You know, you know, be that be that torch that's gonna lead this be this that next generation, man. You know. Spoken like a freaking cacique, right. yo. <laughs> Thank so you. Since, Word up, yo. Thank you. So since this is the summer edition, um, we're gonna do the kelo what? which is where you can tell our listeners uh, where to find you and what stuff is coming out. Got it. So you could find me for my acting uh, in www.victoralmanzar.com. For my music, you can find me in www.kazike1, the number one, C-A-Z-I-K-E, kazike1.com. And in Instagram, V Almanzar underscore Kazike or Kazike One Empire. You can see see me in season two, Power uh, season five, which just passed. Mm -hmm. I'm eleven fifty five in all uh, digital outlets, and uh, and uh, we are creating new content. And hopefully, you can see me doing some skits with Juan Wabago and the team of hey. LOL. Hey. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. doubt. Listen, yeah, yeah. one more time for Victor, yo. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Awesome. And I'll be back here on the fourth. Yes, Yo, you are. We have a lot more to talk about. <laughs> yeah, we have unfinished business. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, you guys, it's that time of the show for a Keloke quickie. Yeah, yeah. You guys, she is a filmmaker, producer, and writer from New York City. Please put your hands together for Diana Peralta. Welcome, girl. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks this is for so coming. much fun. Well, listen, we've heard a lot about your project. Uh-huh. Awesome. First is when we had D-Nasty uh-huh. and Sasha Mercy, and they talked about the film. They were on the show. Yes, then, I heard it. Then a couple of weeks ago, we had a couple of the people that work for the Los Angeles Latino Film Festival, mm-hmm. and they talked about your film. So we felt it was fitting to have you, the actual film. We needed the source. The yes. source. <laughs> <laughs> so f- before anything... Let us know about your career and how you got to the point where you actually did the film. Sure. So I've been obsessed with movies since I was a little kid. What I tell people is my parents' version of church, even if we did go to church, was church in the morning, bagels for lunch, and we went to the movies every Sunday. So they instilled my movie obsession in me. Horror, sci-fi, anything I can get my eyes on. It was my life when I was a kid. Um, But it wasn't until I went to college and went to study art that I realized I could be that person. I could be the one with the vision. I I had stories to tell that I wanted to get across. So I went to film school at Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore. Okay. One of my favorite cities, aside from New York, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was this awesome experimental film program. I learned how to shoot on 16 millimeter, which is really rare these days, and just kind of had my experimental film years. and here I am now. Although for the last 10 years, I've been a bit of a corporate sellout working in advertising, which has been a good experience. I've been producing like beauty and campaign. Um, but this is the first time I've dedicated to my own art and working on my own film, which has been girl. super exciting. Yeah. Nice. Go girl. <laughs> was there anyone uh, that you were related to that was into film or was it just you that? Just, well, besides like just personally, my family being obsessed with films and having the experience of going to the movies. All my family are doctors and scientists. We're, I'm like the first filmmaker in my family. Creative. Yeah, first creative along with my sisters. We kind of broke the 
doctor mode and we're like, hey, let's do whatever we want. We're in New York. We ha- we're inspired. Let's just focus on art, which was... yeah. We got support from my family to do it, but it's definitely we went left field from everybody. Yeah, I'm else. thinking there has to be one family member that's like, oh, really? <laughs> uh, you know, like, you know, like movies and stuff. You know, medical school is a little bit more. What about being a lawyer? Yeah, at least yeah. A, at least a dentist. I mean, consider that. <laughs> what about a proctologist? <laughs> Not a gynecologist. Yeah. ¿Qué película? Tú no ves los Anki Panki y toda esa película ahí. ¿Qué tú quieras con película? Tú no viste así. I'm curious what was like what was your favorite movie kind of growing up? Oh my god. So it was crazy. I was just talking about this with a friend the other day. I grew up obsessed with horror films. I don't know why. Mm. I guess I was a dark kid, maybe. Mm. But I think one of my first mind-blowing movie experiences was seeing The Shining for the first time. Oh, okay. Yeah. What? And it was, I mean, we all know it's an incredible film, but I think that was the first movie where I was like, oh so scary. damn, this is scary and terrifying but the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life yeah. it made me realize oh film can be art it's not just entertainment like there's really cool things that are happening here I have an idea so What's you're that? into the horror stuff yes we have Frank who does the fake news let's do like an <laughs> autobiography fictional movie based on Frank Ooh. and it'll be called like fake uh, fake Frank? I don't know. Something like fake that. Fake Frank. Fake Frank? Okay. <laughs> you know what's really interesting about your career paths, because it sounds like you have multiple, mm-hmm. is that like, you know, you you went that college route. You have a, a grounded job, it sounds like, for mm-hmm. Revlon. Yeah. And I'm still working there today. I don't want to put the brand on blast, but an iconic brand like Revlon. And you're pursuing your passion, which, you know, who knows, may just override. Yeah. Your gig at Revlon one day. I hope so. I mean, that's the dream. I would love to, like you guys are doing, dedicate myself to my passion and my art. And we all have to be practical. We all have to have our day jobs. But the dream is for, you know, my art to be my focus at some point. Hopefully soon. And I feel like it's happening a lot more sooner than I was expecting. So that's really exciting. Awesome. So can you tell us a little bit the the thought process behind doing that short documentary you did? Absolutely. So, um... I was uh, asked to produce a documentary for the Venice Biennale uh, because the Dominican Republic was uh, being premiered in the Pavilion for Architecture. And there's this incredible neighborhood in Santo Domingo um, called La Feria that during the day is this really common, like it's governmental buildings, people going to work every day, but at night it turns into the red light district. So it has a super insane like day and night dichotomy that was really fascinating. Wow. Um, And the architecture is like kind of this the center of all of it. So it was this little study about, you know, Dominican art and architecture, but then showing real life happening in these places. Um, So I worked with a director and I produced it, but it was my first time just kind of being thrown into this crazy environment. We're like, hey, just go to DR for a week and go like befriend some sex workers and see what they have to say. (laughs) Oh my God. I was like literally walking around the street at one in the morning. Like men were trying to pick me up. It was the most sketchy experience of my life, but it was so humanizing and I like got to meet so many wonderful women. And I realized in that moment, oh, people get comfortable with me. I can get people talking about their stories and this is something I should try to do more often. Did any Dominican man say like, Trae la cámara, ve, (laughs) Seriously. And I was wearing like, you guys are in production. Like I was wearing my hoodie and sneakers, not looking my best. And still people were like, like cat calling me in the street, opening their doors. I that was terrible. Fetish. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Like it was crazy. 
That it was crazy. Is really but it crazy. really was, you know, really scrappy. I learned how to just get things done with no budget, no time. And, and think, in DR. And in DR. Which is even more difficult. Absolutely. And then being like a 23-year-old at the time wandering the streets at night trying to produce a documentary. It was Girl. just wow, a wild experience. Girl. But it did um, play in the Biennale for a month. It was like a gallery film that we made. And it was a beautiful installation. So I'm really proud of that. I didn't get to go. But I still mm-hmm. was there for the experience. Yes. So yes. I was there at the end of the day. Now, fast forward to Delomir, which we've heard a lot about, and yes. we're excited to go see it. Tell us the tell us about what the movie's about, and how did you come up with the idea? Of course. So, long story short, the film is about two Dominican New York sisters who go back to DR after a long time of not being there to reunite with their estranged brother Dante um, because their father recently passed away, and they're kind of reuniting to clean out uh, their childhood home. So kind of in the process, these siblings have this beautiful reunion. They love each other. They're happy. But while they're stuck in this house together, going through this kind of difficult physical and mental process, they kind of start breaking down and fighting and kind of rehashing up things that they didn't deal with as children. Like the resentment of Dante being left behind in DR and the girls living their like seemingly perfect life in New York. And they're just kind of forced to confront that for the first time as adults. That is real. Wow. Yeah, it's that heavy, is, but real. You guys know Dee and Sasha are the most like beautiful, hilarious women. So Shout it was really important to, to me. Nasty and Sasha oh God, Mercy, incredible women who took a chance on me as a first-time filmmaker and as a person who literally DM'd them and was like, "Hey, you want to come meet a DR to shoot a movie? Like, can you imagine? Imagine. I don't know. Was it tough to rein them in because they they were talking about how sometimes they felt like the comedic, their comedic selves were trying to come come out in certain serious scenes and it was hard for them to hold back sometimes so was it a challenge to kind of you know uh, you know navigate them to the right kind of you know acting choices for sure and the girls are incredible comedians and do really awesome shorts that got me really into them but film is a totally different medium and like going from instagram or going from youtube videos to a feature film that's shot with one camera over a few weeks it's definitely a different approach so it took a few days of us getting used to each other and getting to the right mood for what these characters were. And of course, Sasha had the most serious character and she's the lightest, brightest person I've ever met in my life. Uh-huh. So it's definitely, uh-huh. it's a challenge because I want them to be themselves, but also remember, hey, you have this mood that you're trying to communicate. So let's be consistent and stick with that. Yeah. So they would always fight with me on that, but <laughs> we got it together at the end. I just think it's so amazing that the, the topic you pick, because it's like a lot of times we talk about growth for doing films in DR or here as Dominican filmmakers, but touch to talk about that type of topic is beautiful because we do have to expand the narrative that we have as Dominican mm-hmm. filmmakers. But I think that's really beautiful that you did that. And I think that that's something that a lot of Dominicans can relate to. So Absolutely. that was dope. Yeah, and it was really personal for me because I shot it in my fa- in my grandmother's home. She passed away a few months before filming. Oh, so, so sorry. all of the objects, all of the locations were super tied to my family. And the house is going to be bulldozed shortly. So I knew I wow. had almost no time to do this film. So me and my sister Michelle, as my co-producer, we were like, you know what? We got to quit our jobs. We got to dedicate to getting this thing done. Otherwise, we're going to miss our chance. And this location that inspired the story is going to be gone. So mm. it felt extremely personal and difficult to be vulnerable that way and share that. But then seeing people react, anyone, everyone's been relating, Dominicans, mm-hmm. every type of Latino so that's out there. Anyone, exactly, who's in a family. We all deal with that loss. We all deal yeah. with that conflict. So it's been amazing seeing 
all different types of people relate to it. I remember seeing Dee and Sasha's IG story when they were out there. That house is beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. It's, it's huge. Yeah, it's really big. And it's a house that my grandparents built from scratch. They're both from the Campo. They wow. moved to Santiago. They taught themselves. They became educated. They became doctors and kind of built this life. So it's been such an honor and I was sent there in summers growing up, and it just was beautiful and inspiring to be in a location like that. Even though we had no power or electricity most of the time. We were just talking you know, about that. That's just the way it is down there. I cannot wait to see this film, which is going to be a reality for me, because I'm going to see it at the New York Latino Film yes. Festival. <laughs> when is that taking place? Let everybody know. Oh, my God. So it's coming out... Uh, New York HBO Latino Film Festival, Saturday, August 17th at 6 p.m. Yes. You all better be there. You I need my there. I need my people there. We're gonna celebrate. We're gonna laugh, cry together. It's gonna be great. Um, and I just want I just want that theater to be full of love and energy. So you gotta come through. Awesome. And, and before we go, we have a lot of you know young, you know, f- aspiring filmmakers, actors. But um, as far as like actually deciding to do a feature film is a big step, right? And a lot of people just, you know, maybe I'll do a short, maybe I'll do a little sketch online. Like, do you have any advice for someone who's like, maybe I want this story that I have inside me that maybe I should make it a feature? Mm -hmm. Any advice for those people? Absolutely. I would say trust your gut. For me, it was kind of a logistical thing. It's like, if I'm going to fly this whole crew and cast on a DR, I'm going to spend the money and invest in doing that. Why not shoot a feature? Why am I going to limit myself to a short when I'm already there? Like, let's just get as much recorded as we can, get as much narrative as we can. So I made that call and I kind of cheated the system because I'd never directed a short before. Mm. Um, But I would say, like, if you believe in your story and you know it has to be told, commit and dedicate as much of yourself to it as you can. And if a short is what you end up with, that's beautiful. That's a work of art as well. But if you can make that feature, just do it. And don't let the rules tell you that you can't, even if you're a first-timer. Yeah. Great advice. Yes. (laughs) Just trust yourself, basically. I love that. Let everybody know where they can follow you, because it sounds like you've got some wisdom to share. Of course. So I'm on Instagram. Uh, My Instagram handle is Samambaya, which I can spell as S-A-M-A-M-B-A-I-A. Um, you can find me there. I post about the film regularly, just my life. You get to see my sisters, the girls, Sasha and Dee sometimes. So follow me. All right. Well, thank you, Diana Peralta. Thank you so much. De lo thank mio. You. Check it out in the New York Latino Film Festival next week. Mm-hmm. All right. It's the wrap of the episode. Thank you to all the listeners. Please continue to leave us reviews. Follow us at We Are Latinos Out Loud. On that note, we out! <laughs> <laughs>
There have never been more options for your next vehicle, but the right choice has never been clearer. That's because Toyota has a high-performing hybrid built for your exact needs, like the stylish all-new Camry XSE Hybrid and Venza, the spacious Highlander and all-new Sienna with more cargo space, and the fuel-efficient and high-performing RAV4 Hybrid. Toyota hybrids save you time and money, filling up less often at the gas station. And of course, all with 10-year, 150,000-mile warranty on new models. Take the next step. Visit Toyota. Toyota.com slash hybrid or your local Toyota dealership to learn more.